Hey. Hey, this is Angela, the blah, blah, blah. And um, today my guest is my cousin, Adam. Say hi, hey. Adam. Hey, what's up? So, okay. So today's um, going to be, um, I feel like we're probably going to hit a variety of topics because of the scope of your life in such a short time. <laughs> So that so Adam is my cousin Layla's, uh, who as y'all know from my Facebook or whatever that she was my very first best friend and I love her dearly, and she's cool beans and she's just she's different than anybody you ever met your whole life. But this Adam is her second child, so out of three, and um, Adam and I, even though the the gap between our ages is vast, uh, yeah. <laughs> We've we've been through a lot of the same struggles. Like we struggled with addiction pretty much at the same time. We were supposed to be in a couple of different rehabs together at the same time, and I think we we talked about we were in jail, different jails at the same time. At so, the same time, yeah. yeah we we're fucked up together. So, Dude. <laughs> like, um, so but Adam has got a pretty pretty good story because, like, I feel like that you you your generation is different than mine in a sense that like, while I kept all of my addictions quiet and everything, you were just like balls out. Fuck it. Let's do this shit. You yeah, know, I didn't give a shit at all, at all at all. Yeah. And, and, and like in a way, like the outlaw in me always admired that even though it drove your mother crazy. <laughs> like I was like, you know, fucking Adam's fucking doing this shit. Yeah. You know, but I was like, no, no, that's bad. That's bad. It's gotta be bad. You know, it was, like, it was, Dumb, absolutely. I, I was always like hard headed, always. Oh yeah, always, yeah. Always. Well, I can relate. You know, we're yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's bloodline. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, so, tell me. Okay, uh, here's a. Why don't you tell me what age you started using, and we'll can maybe kind of go from there or whatever. Um, I was like, I was like eleven or twelve. I was. I was eleven. I was eleven, 11. and a half. yeah, eleven and a half. Whenever I first smoked weed for the first time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The first thing I ever did, uh, I won't, I won't say any names, but, uh, uh, Me a friend either. that I had at the time, uh, whenever I was in school, I think it was going into middle school, going into sixth yeah. grade, uh, and they had some K2. And so I ended up smoking K2 and we started K2 is meat. horrible. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like, I, like I've had friends that were, had meth addict addictions and they overcame that, but K2 took them to their knees and shit. Like, had them in rehabs, like feeling shit, like just crazy shit. Yeah, K two is so much worse than people that know. Shit is crazy. That yeah, shit is crazy. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't like that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Okay. No, so, but... so go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I oh. you'll, you'll, you'll learn that I interrupt a lot. You just have to make sure you keep up with your train of thought because I probably will not. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's fine. Um... My ADHD is in full effect always. So. <laughs> uh. But anyways, uh, so that's really that's really all it was. We would just uh, we smoked K two just at one time, and then we would just smoke weed, uh, and it was really just drinking. And then uh, when I really started like just to not really care at all was when my uncle Chris died. Yeah, yeah, he got shot and killed in Dallas, and I, it just yeah, it just hurt my heart. Like I don't know, I felt I guess I took it kind of personally. Yeah, well, how could you not? It's such a it's such a a violent way to go. Yeah, and it, it just like yeah, it just left me with so many more questions that right. will never be answered. You know. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. 
Yeah, trust uh, me, I know about about uh, uh, wanting to interrogate a motherfucker that ain't here anymore. <laughs> I got about a yeah. billion of that kid of mine, so yeah, I totally yeah. get that. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Uh, um, and so yeah, then some some crazy crazy shit came to light, you know. And I was I just kind of said, you know, I was like, fuck it, you know, my uncle was out here wilding, you know. I was like, well, I might as well too, you know. Like, yeah, I'm mad at everything, anyways, and. I don't know. My whole life, I was just kind of had this horrible anger. I don't know why. Yeah, I know yeah. Why. I was just but, about to say that that you carried a lot of anger. Just and and now you know why why I think that that probably was. But we'll get to that later on. Like you know, you know what I told yeah. you before we start recording. Yeah. I feel like that that whenever you're not comfortable in your own skin, like you don't understand it, even especially from a very young age. Because I feel like you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like what you're dealing with has been kind of a, a lifelong thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been like a whole, like a struggle for the past 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, that's a very important thing to not really have any clarity about, you know? Um, yeah, we might as well like, just go ahead and touch on it. Like, uh, like I just remember like my whole life from the time I was two, maybe like two years old. I can remember, you know, just like praying, like, just like asking God that I could just wake up like my big brother and like everything would be normal. Like no one would ever know a difference, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I always knew something was not right. I'd never felt right. comfortable. So Adam was born autumn and yeah. a, a female child, but even, even like growing up and stuff like autumn was really never really an, a girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. and, and, and that's, and, and I don't say that, you know, in a, in a mean spirited way, it's just, you know, there's just some kids that just, you just know. And so I feel like that, that until everyone came to terms, until everyone came to terms, it wasn't really even everyone else. It was mostly you until you figured out like how I can fix this, because like, I feel like you were just kind of fighting yourself. Yeah. And that if you and, couldn't be yourself, then fuck everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and, what it looks like from the outside. From uh, mine and your side of the family, you know, uh, growing I never really got to be around them much. But the other side of the family that I really was around, uh, it was probably wasn't the most, like, uh, like accepting place. Yeah, accepting. Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. down on them because they're all awesome. But yeah, yeah, but well, and a lot of people just thing. don't what they don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, we also so back to the story. You know, my uncle died, and uh, I just started wilding out. You know, I was running away from home, getting arrested. Yes, uh, and you were cops. young when that all started. Yes, you've done a lot in your twenty years. You've done yeah. a lot, a lot, lot in your twenty years. A lot of. A lot of crazy shit that you're lucky that you lived through. <laughs> no, like, yeah, the first time uh, I ever got arrested, I, was, I got in a high-speed chase. I was, like, 11 or 12. I had just snuck out of my house and just went to go hang out with some of my friends. I think the driver, uh, he was, like, 14. Oh, yeah. And right down the road from my house dropping me off, and uh, a cop lights him up for not having no headlights. We didn't know. I was, like, I was like 11 or 12. Like I said, I had no clue, but yeah. anyway, so. He got out the car and let the cop walk up to the window and he took off. We went through like two or three different counties. It was crazy. With like wow, uh, wow. And so that was kind of you know I just kept kept on and kept on wiling out and yeah. I feel um, like your life your your adolescence was a, a really long episode of cops. <laughs> holy shit! I wish I would have had a head cam on the whole time or a body cam. Right, right. I could have made a documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, it would have had to been titled, Y'all Ain't Gonna Believe This Shit. I mean, for <laughs> real. 
Because every time I talked to your mom, it was something different. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just prayed for that kid to make it. Oh, my God. Because, wow. Yeah. And eventually that led to, you know, um, me actually getting put into CPS. Like, no one yeah. wanted anything to do with me. And so that opened up, like, a whole different world of cra crazy stuff. Um, I guess yeah, right before... Right because your mom has always been one of those people that she could find the good in every single person. And she was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just at a loss. Like, I love this kid, but I don't know how to, how to, I don't know what to do. And I was, and I got onto her because I felt like she was giving up on you, you know, and she wasn't, she just didn't know how to help you. But I was pissed off at her because I'm like, Layla, you don't ever give up on anybody. She's like, I'm not yeah. giving up. I just don't know what to do. I can't, I have to set some boundaries, Angela. I have to do this. I have to do that. And, and, but I was so mad at her. Like, I'm like, you don't, you, you don't do that to your kid. You're that's whenever your kid needs you the most. And she's like, Angela, yeah. you don't understand. I've been trying to do all that, but, but if you don't know this kid, this kid, you know, there's nothing that it, this, this is, this has to happen like this. And I was, I was mad at her. I was really mad at her and I never get mad at her about anything, but I was mad at her over you. I can tell you that. <laughs> It, yeah, it's, it, it was a hard, like, I mean, it's still, I'm still just kind of, just now really starting to even kind of think about that, like, part of my whole, I just kind of really, uh, just kept on moving full pace, like, I never even looked back and really thought about yeah. like, what the hell I went through, and I've just, like, really recently in the past couple of months really started looking on, on like, holy shit, that was kind of crazy that I did that at, like, 13, or, like, that I was 15 doing that Yeah. Shit. Uh. Yeah, like, you lived a whole person, a whole entire 50 years of life in like less than 20 years like yeah I mean, in, a, no bullshit. In, in a period of like six years yes yes you i mean you did you, you took balls out to the extreme absolutely <laughs> that's how i knew we were blood <laughs> yes yeah, that liqueur blood in me yeah, right? blood. <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> um, so yeah right before i got put into cps um <clears throat> that same <clears throat> that same friend who i had first started smoking with and everything uh we ended up doing meth whenever I was 12. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't really anything, but uh, it was something that would be something that kept on popping up a little bit later. So anyways, yeah. I, I got put in CPS and I was in and out of rehabs and stuff for <clears throat> meth and smoking weed and. I know a lot of your a lot of your stuff, too, was being addicted to the lifestyle because your lifestyle was crazy. It, yeah, and, and it really today like even like as we speak you know like i'll be driving down the road thinking like damn like it wasn't ever really all about getting high and just because i was an addict it was about the lifestyle i was addicted yeah to yeah and there's a lot of th there was a lot of talk of that when uh, at safe p whenever you know people talk about okay the addiction was really secondary but the money and the the excitement and the the you know just just the dope game and the this and everybody always wanted you you know everybody was always was looking amazing. for you yeah yeah and you're like yeah i'm king of the world you know but yeah um but also like on the same hand you know it sucks like uh dude how i was like 17 i think but me and my best friend uh we were sitting on the couch one night you know we were doing shit we weren't supposed to be doing but yeah we and it was five guys had pistols all in our face and they ended up shooting you know it shot like two inches behind my head you know i almost got killed wow it's crazy like it's, yeah. it's really not fun and that's what i have to remind myself of like it's attractive but it's not fun
No, yeah, and and it's and it's and all it's gonna do is it like it's it's a good episode, but it's not a lifestyle because, you know, like at the end of, of all the episodes, uh, you know, everybody ends up okay, and the the bad people go to jail, whatever. But in real life, people die, and either for overdosing or or they get shot by the cops or they sh- or by uh, by some other somebody trying to take over something. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not conducive to longevity in life, for sure. Mm-mm. No, it's. It's. Yeah, it's really. It's killing. Killing you, quickly. Yeah, yeah. And killing if the drugs quickly. don't do it, the bullets will, for sure. Yep. Yep. For sure. Oh. Um. Well, yeah. It, um. So. So, how many times did you go in the? Okay. So after you went to CPS, and then what happened? Um. Okay. How uh, long? Like, how long were you in foster care? Were you in foster care? Yeah, you were. Okay, yeah, it started. I don't know if it was considered like legally through the state as like a foster mom, but my mom did give up her rights to me and put me to um a lady named Brittany's house whenever I was like thirteen. I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, out in Dallas, and I started going to the Dallas schools, and then uh, smoking and everything. And I ended up in rehab. I got out of rehab, and I was doing the outpatient. Uh, yeah, that's always fun. Uh, <laughs> I've been there, done that. And so one night, whenever I was there, I had at the at the home I was living in, I had had like some fucking crushed up Tylenol. I was I was selling this shit at school uh, as Coke, but it was not. Oh coke. wow, it was just crushed up Tylenol. But so anyway, <laughs> that that'll get your ass kicked quick. <laughs> yeah, but you know it was. I, yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, because they probably didn't know the difference. No, we were in seventh grade. What the fuck? Yeah. No one knew, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, she ends up finding this shit. She was going through my room while I was outpatient. Uh, and so she finds it, and then they end up admitting me back into the inpatient or whatever. And so I'm like, fuck, I ran away. You know, and then yeah. I ended up getting caught uh, by the Dallas police. And I was like, uh, they were like, well, we don't know where to take you. You're going to go to the juvenile. And I was like, no, I just live up the road. And they were like, uh, you're property <laughs> of the state now. You know, you belong to the state now. You don't have nowhere to go. And I right. was like, oh, fuck. Like, that. that's bad, you know? Yeah. And so I'm sitting in this juvenile, and I'm just like, damn, like, what? I'm sitting in shackles. I'm 13. I don't know what to do. I don't have no family That's got to be scary. That's got to be really scary for a 13-year-old. Yeah, I was terrified. Uh, I bet. And so I sat in there. I don't even know some hours and they come and put me in me to the CPS office. And from there, I sat in there for like two hours. They took me to a homeless shelter called my friend's mm. house out in Plano. Yeah. And so I, I stayed there my time, my CPS, they give you like, I think it's like 90 days, six months, something. I was in there through Christmas and right after Christmas, they moved me out to another homeless shelter in Austin called uh i can't remember what it was called but it was right there out in austin and yeah the people i met out there were on the same energy as me all the way completely and so we were going to hit and licks on the stores and we were getting oh shit we were tearing up austin yeah Uh, there's always a lot to do in austin too (laughs) yes always always wild uh and so one day I don't even know how this began. Uh, I think the, the the homeless shelter had told me they were like, I had been in and out, and they were like, you need to stay. Like, 
or we're gonna call the cops, you know, like no more of this. So I was like, I'm out. <laughs> and so yeah, I went, yeah. And somehow the cops ended up. They were they were coming for me. They were they were chasing me. And so I ran through this little uh, sewer tunnel thing, you know, and it ended up dropping off into straight like shit water. Oh god. So yeah, I'm running full speed. I just fall and I fell into it and I cut my hand open underneath this murky water and the chain link fence. Oh god. Yeah, so I was like, fuck. So I had That's a bottle of alcohol in one hand and I was bleeding with the other and I'm just drinking it. And they come yeah. and they, they put me in the cop car and take me to the hospital. Uh and from there I get taken back to the CPS office. Uh oh no, I think I was in they had put me in some uh, like Shoal Creek, I think it is a psych, a psych and detox facility out in Austin. Yeah, yeah. I sat in there on my CPS hold to detox, and then I went back to the CPS office and I sat out there. Uh, I tried it's all kind of a blur. Uh, damn it. So, anyways, I ended up back in a six month rehab at uh, Nexus. I was in there for six months. I didn't even know Nexus did six month rehab. I thought they just did thirty days. Oh yeah, no, they. The, well, I was also um, a juvenile. You're a juvenile, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I yes. do know that they that they do. Uh, they they allow children there with with other with women that are there. So that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. So they had like a whole adolescent unit. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, and uh, you did school and everything there. So most people are not there for six months. That is a very long time to be in that facility. Um, yeah, but... It's not unheard of, but it is a long time for most people. Uh, and so anyways, I end up getting out. Uh, I mean, this is skipping over a lot. This is just kind of touching on everything. But I end up going back to uh, to my dad's house. You know, I get out. Everything is pretty... I'm 14, almost 15 at that point. Yeah. And everything is pretty good. Uh, but that's uh, okay. In CPS, whenever I was in CPS, you know, I was talking about uh, my family was really not accepting. Uh, and I had started dating girls and stuff. I, but, you know, um, my my other side of the family was really not cool with it. And so yeah. when I was, got put into CPS at that first homeless shelter, they were like, dude, what's up with you? You know, like, what do you want? Like, who do you want to be? Who are you? You know, like, yeah, we're not telling you who you are. You know, like, we want you. Yeah. And so that was really, like, the first, like, sign of, like, oh, wow, like, someone cares. Like, I can be myself, you know, like. Yeah, absolutely. And it was the best feeling in the world. Um, When I got out, my dad was talking to me. And we had we had to have that talk. And yeah. it's, it's, it's weird, sure. like, hey, dad, like, uh, you know, like. It's still kind of hard for me to talk about it. Uh, but I know. I was just. You just like, talk like, about however you can. Yeah, I was like, I don't feel comfortable being called Autumn. Like, and yeah. he's like, Okay, I know what you mean. Um, and he was like, I I've think always... on some levels we all kind of knew. It was just really a matter of you saying the words and and, and doing confirmation, which probably was not the the easiest thing for you to do. And I know that that like a lot of the family is old school and they just don't understand. Yeah. And uh, but I feel like that you you couldn't have been born to a more liberated mom for sure. Straight up, <laughs> straight up. She would accept you if you wanted to be a frog, you know. So yeah, I feel you like know that... my dad too. My dad was okay. That's I good. Mean, that's good. You know, if anything, if you want me to be honest, I know my mom is awesome and everything, but my mom was really against it. My dad was more of like, 
no, you know, like we're if you if you are Adam and you're comfortable, we're gonna do this. You know, yeah. he was really the one. Well, that's good. Who was that's right good. there with me. Uh, yeah, he yeah. helped me a lot. So that's good. That was I. I never finished eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think I went to eighth grade for like one week. Yeah. And, uh, then I started wiling out. Yeah, yeah. So I went through all that. Finally, I get out, and it's like the summer, a couple weeks until freshman year starts, what would be my freshman year. And so yeah. my dad takes me up to the high school, and they were like, well, do, my dad was like, do we, does he need to go back to eighth grade, or do, are we going to put him in to ninth grade? And they were like, well, just go ahead and put him in high school so he's with his peers. And uh, I was just, I had just started going by Adam and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It was uh, – it was it was hard. People were assholes, you know. People were yeah. rough, man. I can't even imagine how how inconsiderate and you know. And I was telling somebody this earlier. Like my whole thing with 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 all that is that I'm not God. It's not for me to judge. I'm just put here to to love through God's love and and whatever whatever you gotta or anybody's gotta hash out with God. That's between them, you know. Like yeah. who to say who you can be and who you can't be. Or who you you know? I just want you to live and and be happy and productive and and not want to kill yourself. You know, that's my whole thing. Is like I just want you to be able to be you, whoever that may be. I don't care who it is. I love you no matter. I mean, like I said, if, if you were wanted to be a three to a three headed toad, okay, cool. Maybe you can show us how you know how things work in the frog kingdom. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I just want you to be happy and be. And I know that no matter what anybody else told you or what you were trying to do, that, that you were absolutely not happy before. No, <laughs> I, I mean, was not. By any such, and and that, that you may not have killed yourself, but basically you weren't going to make it to your 20s the, at the, the rate you were going. And you didn't yeah. give a shit. That I was the whole thing. Was that you didn't give a fuck about, about making it. Like, like, you know, Taylor always said, live fast, die young. And, and I feel like that you were like the epitome of that exact definition right there. Yeah, my mom always says she didn't think I would make it to sixteen. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's ridiculous, you know. And I see my little cousins now, and they're fifteen, sixteen. My little brother is fifteen. Yeah, uh, yeah. 16. Oh, he's gonna be really? sixteen now. He's sixteen. He's already sixteen. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, like I saw him, he was thirteen or fourteen. Oh, and he's yeah. so tall. He's so tall. He's, yeah, he is tall. Yeah, when, oh. yeah, when we moved, whenever we helped your mom and brother move to Austin, yeah, when we were down there oh, at your yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a minute ago. Yeah. yeah but, and so I see him and I'm like, damn, like, I can't see him doing that. I can't see my little cousins doing that. that shit exactly. That right. It would make sense. So you can imagine we were all in shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my. And I, I, you know, I never saw it like that. But. And just wait till it's your kid and you're freaking the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so there for a few years, uh, you know, I kind of chilled out. I was out smoking weed every day, of course, just because I, you know, I personally, if I wasn't on probation, I probably would. I just don't really see the issue with weed. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. But I was smoking every day. But, I, you know, I wasn't using drugs, hardcore drugs. Right, right, right. Um, I feel like that maybe some people need that. Like, like I feel like Daniel may, just because of his, his how fast his brain moves, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to make him feel like he's somewhat normal and yeah and maybe that's me making excuses but uh, but I know this kid just like I know you and some kids just 
that's I mean, that's just what it is. You know, I don't yeah. I don't have an opinion about it either way. I don't I'm, I never was a big fan of it. But that's just me. But but I can see the effects on some people, you know, and, and, and I have a cousin also that I would I would dare to say that if she never did another drug in her life, she's always somebody's going to give her weed just to chill her out. Yeah. And, Daniel, uh, yeah. and Daniel, Daniel's the same way. So it's just like somebody taking some anxiety medicine, you know, but yeah. I, yeah. I, so I just chilled out and I was just smoking or whatever. Nothing, nothing crazy. Not getting in trouble with the law, really. Uh. I think I had a couple instances, but nothing major. Yeah. And I was just really trying to find myself. Uh, like as Adam, I came back, uh, some crazy shit happened. You know, I had, so I, I was living with my dad and we ended up having to move and we moved to a city called Crowley. I don't know if you know where yeah. that's at. Yeah, I know where that's at. Damn, I was like one of the only white kids at the school, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was, was kind of rough. And uh, one day me and my little brother got robbed. It was crazy. It was bad, but we ended up fighting all of the people who robbed us because, you know, we weren't just going <laughs> to sit there and get our shit taken for free. Right, right, right. You can at least put up a fight. Yeah. yeah. And so we fought for like an hour and we just wow. went our separate ways. And then a couple days later, it was a fuck time. I think it was like three people who robbed us. And one day we was getting out of school, getting off the bus and we see those three people and they had like 11 other people with them and they jumped us. Mm. They jumped us back. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. And so that day, my stepmom and my dad, they was like, yeah, y'all are going back to Sulphur Springs. And they moved us. I moved back in with my mom. And my stepbrother went to uh, his grandma's house. Uh, and the shit was crazy. And then uh, so I came to Sulphur Springs, and I really started to find myself. And the same people who I was just starting to build my friendships with back then are the same people I hang out with now. You yeah, know? that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They're super dope. Uh but really, life was pretty calm until I was, like, 17. So uh, my big brother graduated in 2018. And my mom yeah. said, always said she was going back to Austin. Right. Uh, and so she went back to Austin. My little brother didn't want to go. So he came to my to my grandma's house. And I was 16. But, you know, I was grown. 17. I was grown, though. So I went. Uh, one of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> That's so cute that you think you were grown. Yeah, I love not, you so much. <laughs> not really, you know, but like in my head, I was like, I don't need to go. With my mom. But you had been through enough to to feel yeah. that way. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, <laughs> this girl I was dating at the time, I moved in uh with her grandmother, and dude, it was like a straight, like a flat efficiency, man. Like it was humble, very humble. Uh, the one of the best ladies I ever met in my life. But yeah. Uh. So I ended up moved moved on from that, and I moved in with one of my best friends, and we ended up getting some ecstasy one day. And I at first I was like, dude, like that shit is crazy. You need to get that out of here. Like I don't want that. I don't want that in the house. I don't want it anywhere around me. I was like, that's yeah. devil. That's and what I used to do every weekend in high school. Like that was my shit every weekend. I did. I was, up. I, yes. Yes, I, every weekend you could, like, either I was selling it or I was doing it or both. And, I mean, yeah, every weekend. Like, I, I would go back to school on Monday and not be able to hardly talk because my jaw would hurt so bad from yeah, just because yeah, well, I would chew, like, a, the plenty pack of Big Red. And instead of taking the pieces out once they would melt because your mouth is so hot, I would just keep adding. I would until I added the whole pack into my mouth. Oh my god! I just remember my jaw muscles. I must have looked like a pit bull or something with that jaw muscle. Like it was crazy. Yeah, it makes your shit lock up for real. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, 
Yeah, so for a couple of days, he tried to convince me to take one, and I said, fuck no, fuck no, fuck no. And finally, he talked me into taking one. And I knew as soon as it kicked in, I was addicted. Like It was like yeah. nothing I had ever <laughs> felt before, you know? Right, right. Uh, and taking one out of the brain bleed and all this other fucked up shit. Really? Yeah, yeah. really. Um, it, But I was, yeah, I was addicted straight up, and I knew I was fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got really bad into my addiction on that. I was down to like, I was like 98 pounds, I think. Yeah, uh, you, because you were always kind of athletically built, small, whatever. Not really yeah. small, but just, just you know, you didn't carry excess weight. No, so anything, any, anything that you did that kept you from eating was all automatically going to show quick. Yeah, like make me look sick. Yeah, uh, yeah. At, yeah, from jump. Yeah, right so, off top. Yeah, it was very obvious. And so, uh, it, it put a strain on that friendship, and they were like, yeah, bro, it's getting ridiculous. You know, we're sick of seeing you up every day whenever we wake up. We're sick of seeing you up when we go to sleep, <laughs> and you're still awake the next day doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so we went our separate ways, and I moved out to Austin with my mom after being so yeah. grown for a year and a half. You know, that's where I should have been at the whole time probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I went out there, and what do I do? Oh, fuck, I find an ecstasy plug, and I start taking ecstasy. Mm. Uh, way out there i wonder what happened out there i didn't really ask i just knew things went bad and yeah yeah just me just me being me um well that was the old you yeah i just and so i ended up coming back to surfer springs and you know we got robbed and everything me and my friend uh and i finally moved in with my mimi and everything was perfect you know i got I got my shit together. I got my license finally. Yeah, I remember that. You got a car because y'all, whenever your mom was in town, I think that's when y'all came and saw me, right? Yes. Yes. You yeah. Saw right yeah. whenever I first yeah. got my license. Yeah, because yeah. I gave you the beanie baby. I still have it. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, but. Okay. Uh, but you moved in with me. Okay. Yeah. And I got my shit together. You know, uh, I got my license. I had started working. I had a pretty good job, you know, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that. I had quit my job. Uh, you know, I was still young. I just really wasn't wasn't feeling it. I didn't care about the responsibility. I didn't really have any responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and so I quit my job and then COVID hit. And my people were like, oh, you know, everyone was terrified at that point of it. And of course, I didn't care. And I wanted to yeah. be out running the streets. And they were like, no, fam, you cannot be out running the streets and come home. <laughs> right. You know, you're you're going to be sick. We don't want to get sick. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm out this bitch. And, then, you know, and so I left. And uh, I started popping hella ecstasy. Uh, yeah. And I think I just wilding out again for like a month. And keep in mind, I really, uh, I've been kind of on and off, you know, uh, acting crazy but i had really i hadn't had really trouble with cops at all yeah years yeah so, yeah it had been a good minute yeah and so right I, I think i left i left here in like march at the end of march and on april 17th i got arrested and like as i got arrested for the first time as an adult like oh yeah <laughs> no playing yeah no it, no it's a whole different mess then yeah straight up so what had happened I had been up for like nine days. Mm. On X? What? Yeah. Wow. No, I'm okay. like, I'm, when I'm telling you, whenever I would take ecstasy, I would 
it would be like weeks at a time. It would not be just like one or two for the weekend. It would be like twenty or thirty for the weekend. Yeah, no, I, I get. Yeah, no, I get that. I had I had worked my way up to quite a handful myself, and I hated swollen pills. But I had no yeah. problem with those. But but it your your tolerance builds very quickly with X. Very very, very quickly. quickly. Yeah. yeah. And so I was buying hundred packs and only selling half of them. You know, the other half would be for me. You know. And yeah. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was bad. And one night, uh, so I had been up, you know, and I was sitting with my friends smoking. And I guess I had, like, my eyes had been open, but my brain fell asleep, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that, that's how I knew the day was going to be fucked up. It was, like, 12 p.m. And so it kept happening on and off the whole day. And I was trying to drive and shit. And oh, I wow. Had, I had my girlfriend at the time with me. And I had thought she was, she had a blanket over her, you know, I couldn't see anything. And in my head, I don't know what I was thinking. I had been up for nine days, but. Yeah. I'm telling her, get the fuck out of my car. And I don't know who you are and all this. Uh, right. So she gets out and she leaves and I, I take off and I'm driving towards my Mimi and Pat. I was just going to park my car and sleep in the pasture, you know. Yeah. But I knew it was time to stop taking them and go to sleep. And I was like two miles away from my house and I fell asleep driving in the middle of the road. Oh, wow. And uh, so the cops came. I don't remember the cops pulling me out my car. I don't remember. Wow. Anything. Yeah, I don't remember nothing until I get um, into the booking up at the jail and someone's pulling out my money out of my pocket, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, they start messing with your money and you wake up quick. <laughs> yeah, I came into it and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I went to grab it and I was in handcuffs. And I was like, fuck. Uh, what happened yeah I'm, I'm asking i'm like am i in dallas like where am i even at and they're like you're in hopkins county and i was like okay oh. thank god for that at least you know like i'm yeah I'm home but uh and i was like okay at that point they didn't know i had had no ecstasy on me i was charged oh, wow. with uh impeding and they knew i was fucked up on something but they didn't oh know yeah what. yeah so they were not gonna let me off um no, they're for sure gonna make you detox all night yeah and so they had found a little bit of weed you know, a little bit of weed, and then uh, I think a bottle. I think I had a unopened bottle of Bay Rum shoved way up underneath my my passenger seat. <laughs> Months old. I wasn't gonna drink it. Yeah. So they charged me with that, and so when yeah, because you, you were underage. You're still underage. Yeah, I was 18 at the time of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm still underage. I'll be underage until November. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. like I'm gonna go out and drink or anything when I turn 21. No, <laughs> no, really but, yeah, but give everybody a timeline <laughs> of, of of how much life you have packed into these small 20 years. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, damn, and so I'm I'm acting an ass, of course, at the jail. Of course, yeah, sure, yeah, and, and, and you don't know like, what's going on. Yeah, and they're like, all right, we're gonna strip search you. And I was like, you strip search yourself, bitch. You know, you're not touching me. Uh, That's all, that always gets over big with cops. Yeah, like, I don't care. I just didn't care. Right. Uh, and so they're like, oh, you're funny. And they put me in the V-cell and then put a taser on me. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Strip search now. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, I started to dance <laughs> yeah, into it. Quick, I, quick, I got yeah. naked quick. Uh, <laughs> no one has ever got me undressed so fast. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that taser. But yeah. Uh, so my ecstasy, I'd had it up in like the waistband of my boxers. Just yeah. uh, you know, just I know where they're at. And yeah. I'm so out of it. I'm so un really uncoordinated at this point. I don't still don't really know what's happening. I know I'm in jail, but that's about it. Uh 
I'm not thinking about no ecstasy being in my waistband. So I'm yeah, know, my boxes down, boom, it just hits the floor. And I was like, fuck, it was like 52, 57. XRP, <laughs> wow. Like mm. And, and they consider that a dangerous drug. Huh? They consider that a dangerous drug. When yeah. They, yeah, when they classify it, it's, in the state of Texas, it is considered a dangerous drug. Like Adderall, it's considered a dangerous drug. And they prescribe it to kids. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> this shit is dumb. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and so, damn, they see the ecstasy, and I just picked it up and threw it at them. That's all I could do. <laughs> I was like, fucking take this while y'all are at it. You know, y'all take everything else. <laughs> you got my money. You got my shit. Here you go. <laughs> yes, take this. Um, And so, at that point, I didn't have any felonies. I would have got out the next day on, like, a on like $100 bond. I would have been fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were and like, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they hit the ecstasy with the test and it came back for MDMA, you know. And Yeah. So then I got charged with, uh, on top of everything else I was charged with, I got charged Intent with. Intent to distribute. No, thank God. I got so lucky. I got hit with a simple possession charge. Oh, wow. Wow. Because uh, like in Dallas County, they always start with. Uh, uh, possession with intent to distribute, and th- because they know you're going to argue that and say no, it was just personal use. Either way, you're copping the uh, to the possession, so they got yeah. you either way. Dallas County is is got on to on point with their shit. They know exactly how to get you to admit, yeah, I had dope, but it wasn't enough to distribute. It was just personal, or whatever. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, bro, it is. That's, People get yeah, excited they, to defend themselves when they yes, need to hire yes. an attorney. No, it was not personal. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're still fucked. It's still a felony. <laughs> shut yeah, the fuck I think up. The smartest thing to do. Yeah, sh- shut the fuck up. Yeah, get a <laughs> yeah. lawyer. Let that lawyer talk. <laughs> Pay them to talk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, and so, uh, so all I got charged with uh, on that. I could have got charged with bringing it into the jail. It could have been a number. Yes, yes, yeah. Like, bringing it into the jail is bad. Like, yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> but I really think they had some sympathy on me. Thank God, like, God. Oh, yeah, because they could probably see how there. fucked up you were. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm a, I'm a kid stumbling into jail. I'm strung out. I'm fucked, you know. Yeah. Um, you didn't even bar. know what county you were in. Dude, yeah, I, <laughs> I was in Dallas, you know. They were probably yeah. like, this poor bastard. <laughs> right, um, right. They just hit me with uh, possession of a controlled substance more than four, less than 400. Yeah. Um, you got lucky. You got yeah. lucky. And then I got even luckier. I got PR bonded out. Uh, oh, wow. Three days later. Yeah, it was my first charge in, as an adult. And, wow. That never so, happens. <laughs> I know. So they agreed to let me, they agreed to release me to my grandparents out in Como. Yeah. And everything went good. Got my job back. I was chilling. I was doing great. And one night I decided to get drunk mm. and I got dumb drunk, like talking shitty drunk. I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> and- well, as, as addicts, we can't really, we don't, I feel like I don't really drink, but I mean, I used to, but I always did dope with it. So like, I feel like the drinking was not really drinking. Yeah. kind but- of. Yeah, but but I feel like you know, it, for a while we as addicts we can't really do anything in moderation because it's not going to be in moderation because we don't really know what that looks like. You know yeah. what I mean? Even like now, maybe I don't know what that looks maybe like. even some years later in recovery, I don't know. Like I know some people that that are are in recovery from drugs but still drink. But you know, I don't do it because I know what it's going to lead to. You know, yeah. that's my personal preference because I know me. 
and I know that I like to fuck shit up royally, and I'm gonna do it 110. percent So straight up, straight up. I, guess I don't even, I don't even give myself that leeway because I can't. Yeah, you can't afford that, and no you know, different strokes for different folks, but yeah, yeah. And I try not to judge the people that get drunk every weekend and then talk about it in group and shit. But I'm just like, you know, uh, do you just be careful? Do stay at home. Be careful. You know, you're not supposed to be doing any of that shit. But just, you know, be mindful of where that can lead to. You know, yeah, like fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you got drunk, and then what happened? Oh, um, yeah. I just I didn't really do nothing dumb. I was at. This girl, <laughs> I really liked her. That was probably the dumbest thing I did was fuck that up. You know, she was like, oh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, anyways, I woke up the next morning in my bed and my car was not at the house. And I was like, How did I even get here? Yeah. <laughs> and so I instantly knew I was fucked. And, uh, you know, uh, my grandparents came in there and they were like, Yeah, we need to talk about what happened last night. And, oh, shit. Was, and my mom was in town. My, my cousins was at the house. It was bad. Uh, oh wow! I and, think I remember something similar. Maybe I don't know. I don't you probably I don't, remember it. It was, a it was probably like right before I went to jail. Yeah, because, it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I went to jail in October. Yeah, and this all happened in yeah June. Yeah. Okay. I do. Rem- it seems like I remember that that you were at the house, and then then something happened, and next thing I know, you were off to Nexus, and <laughs> well, you see, I never went. Uh, we were trying to get. A, I was just ready to get the fuck up out of jail. Uh, yeah. And my attorney was like, "Well, you can you can go to an outpatient rehab right now if a place will accept you." And we ended up not yeah. finding a place. I ended up writing out my. Not with COVID. Jail. Yeah, not with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I wrote out. I wrote out that whole six months in jail. Mm. And you know when I got out, my family was kind of like, "Yeah, well now we can definitely go get you into a place. You know, you're here with us." Yeah. Uh, I was like. I'm good. You know, I'm good. Like, I just wanted to get out of jail. I I know it really does help some people. I just feel like I've always been the type of person. Uh, like even back when my parents got divorced, I was like eight. They wanted me to go see a counselor. But just me personally, I felt like it never helped. You know, I I pray and I feel okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, and I tell Daniel, too. Like, Daniel's been to a couple of rehabs. And they haven't, the fit hasn't been quite right. And what I try to explain to everyone is like, you're not, if you're not comfortable with the people that are there, the counselors, the, the, the other, the, I was going to say the other inmates, the other, <laughs> other patients, <Yeah>. whatever clients, <laughs> my bad, uh, then you're not going to share and you're not going to get anything out of your program, you know? And so, it, so it's really, it really is a matter of finding a place that you feel like you belong. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and until that happens, no, no recovery, no, no healing is going to take place. I mean, it's just not, I'm proud that you, that you can turn to God. That's I mean, cause that ultimately that's, that's the greatest healer. You yeah. know that. And, 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 and the, the, but I mean, it's, it's hard because sometimes you just need that feedback that, and, and until you get still and get quiet, you may not actually hear God's voice, but once you do, it's like, you don't ever want to hear anybody else talking to you about shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And I, I've been I've been going through that a lot. Like it's been it's almost like like I talk to him like I talk to you. And so and he talks back to me like where I mean, I'm having full blown conversations, you know, out loud. And I because I can hear him so clearly. And I'm sure people are probably like, who the fuck is this bitch talking to? Don't bother <laughs> me. I'm talking to my father, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, it, I'm just and it makes me cry because it's just so 
it's it's beautiful. Awesome. Like, yes, yeah. yes. And the peace that comes over you. Oh my gosh. It's just, I mean, there are no words to describe how amazing it feels. And once you get that enlightenment, like you can't help but just want like I talk about God on my podcast a lot. I'm sure probably a lot of people are like turned off by that. I don't care. The ones who need to hear it will hear it. But God God's love flows through me. God speaks through me and through this podcast. And that's all I know. And, and everything else can just fuck off. I don't even care. You know, like, like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm solid, you know? I feel like the mission that God, you know, my whole life, there's been times that God really showed himself to me. Yeah. Uh, And I, I just always struggled like questioning my, like my faith. Like why would, like, why would, and why would anything bad happen? You know, just, questioning everything yeah Um, yeah and that's normal i mean i mean like well i can tell you that when when taylor died everyone figured that i was you know nobody really knew how i was going to react but my faith in god mm -hmm. i mean it magnified a billion times only and for the main reason was because i had to trust in something because nothing else made any sense yeah you know so so it was was easy for me easy for me just to put that all on god and just you know what that's god's plan I was lucky because I got the forgiveness from her that I needed. I forgave myself and she and I had a relationship that was my saving grace. But then, then the other thing that, that I still, to this day, every single day, I feel her peace. And that peace is the only thing that no one on this earth could give her, but he gave it to her and I feel her peace every day. And, and I mean, who wouldn't want that for your kid? You know, exactly. That was, I remember when that happened, uh, and I was still young, you know, whenever, yeah. whenever she passed away. Uh, yeah. But your mom, your mom, your mom held me all night long and rocked me like a baby <laughs> while yep. I slept. Yep. I remember her telling, and that was so heavy for me to, to like understand as a kid, you know, I was going through my own struggles and then it yeah. kind, of, that kind of took me out of my own, took me out, out of your of, own head. Yes, yeah. it did. And I was like, that is so, so real, so raw, like. I didn't know. I didn't know how to take that. I don't even. I wouldn't even begin to think how you could take that. You know, <laughs> it's a struggle, but I mean, for the most part, it's just I. It is what it is. You know, now this podcast is about her legacy. Yeah, and and about how she lived, and not about how she died. Now, I will take how she died and try to use that part to help others to keep from feeling like that. That's their only choice because I know. Like I can, I don't really understand what she did, but I understand how she thought that was her only choice because I was right there with her and, and I saw, I saw a lot of the struggles. Like she never even told me everything, but the stuff, but I saw more of, of, of all of it than anybody. Like everybody else yeah. was like, I didn't even know she was struggling. Well, that's because that was what her choice. She didn't want people to know that she, you know, I was right there in, in the trenches with her somewhat, you know, and, and even I didn't know how bad it was. And I was right there, like her night terrors, like there was, there was a couple of nights, one in particular where she, I mean, her night terrors, like I swear she was demonically possessed because she had me by the throat up against the wall and she was all talking in some weird language, just like, and it was, yes, it was the craziest you've ever heard of. And I just kept talking to her, you know, like Taylor, baby, it's mom. It's mom. Let me know, you know, wake up, Tay, Tay, you know, and just talk to her. And she finally came to and she fucking flipped out because she had me by the throat. <laughs> off the ground. Yeah, and and because she would she would just tell me, Mom, just sit in here with me until I fall asleep because I'm scared to go to sleep. I, she was scared to sleep. I mean, 
that kid struggled with yeah. so much shit and and That's fought cool. it for so long. Yeah. And 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 as a mom, I'm telling her, "Baby, I don't know what I can do to help you." And she's comfort I'm crying. She's comforting me and saying, "Say, you know, it's okay, mom. I don't expect anybody to be able to help me." That, you know, I mean, and it was just that was the most gut-wrenching thing for me. Like yeah. Like I hate that she's gone, but it was almost a relief because she was struggled and she suffered so much that it I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like in her head, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. So I mean, so on the one hand, I mean, I was glad that God freed her from all that shit because her like like her shit was getting steadily worse and quick. I mean, in three months' time, she her mental health declined r- so rapidly it was a whirlwind. Like it was crazy. How yeah. fast it all happened. But I mean, and I hate that she's gone and I miss her a lot. I mean, like more than I can even put in the words, but I'll see her again. She's believe me, she is her spirit ain't left nothing. <laughs> like at all. At all. She is around. She fucks with me and all my friends. And <laughs> she comes and sees the dogs. Like she's here. Hell she's yeah. here. Yeah. So and that was what she always said. She couldn't wait to be a spirit to come and fuck with everybody. And she does. <laughs> she wasn't playing with you. <laughs> yeah, she messes with people she don't even know. People in my life she don't even know. She don't care. She doesn't give a fuck at all. Never has. So, <laughs> yeah. But I'm happy you still have the beanie baby. That makes me happy. That's yeah, supposed still- to be your. That's supposed to be your protector when you're driving. You know. Yeah. Do you know what was crazy? Okay. Um. So here, after I got out of jail and everything, uh, I ended up getting my GED. You know. And I'm yes. like, fuck yeah, I'm finna celebrate. Me and my cousin right. got drunk as shit. I, I, I don't know what ended up making me leave, but I ended up leaving his house uh, fucking hammered. I don't remember anything. Because whenever uh, you're drunk, you always think you can drive. Everyone thinks yeah. that. You know, I'm a bad <laughs> I just got this new speaker. I felt like the shit, you know. A brand yeah. New <laughs> yeah. Um, and a G, there, you, there was no stopping you. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, so I wrecked my fucking car. And yeah, I, I don't know what I wrecked into, but like three cops, there was a state trooper and uh, wow. a, uh, a sheriff and then a city cop and no one could find what I hit. I didn't know what I hit. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, was, I was fucking hammered. Yeah, my car wouldn't run. And the cops were like, oh, you're fucked, man. And so they and one of them, the state trooper, I think, had ended up calling my people and they were like, yeah, come get him now. Uh, they were to the exit that I, they could see me sitting there handcuffed. And oh, wow. cops were like, yeah, we got to take him to jail. I'm sorry. I got to leave. And they were like, okay, we get it. And they turned all the way around, made that 30-minute drive back to their house. And as soon as they were almost back to the house, the state trooper were like, come get him right now. You got to get him right now if he doesn't want Oh, wow. And so they turned back around and came and got me. It was, I don't know. I don't wow. know. Wow. Why, why did he let you go? I don't know. I would never. God, I begged that's him. God right there. And that's God right there. Exactly. I actually begged him. Record, especially would, record. Yeah. I was, I was, I had just gotten out of jail December 1st. This was May 20th. Oh, wow. I went to jail on May 20th one year. No, it was May, May 10th. 10th. I'm sorry. May 10th. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's oh. Day. I went to jail on Mother's Day. Yeah, that that's terrific. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was awesome. I was happy. Oh, shit. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah. got I got super lucky. Uh, yeah, but that that beanie baby that I had it in my car, you know, sitting right up in uh, on the dash in front of my steering wheel. 
Yeah. My fucking, even my rear view mirror was turned off sideways. Like, my car was everything. I hit something hard. It fucked my yeah. car up. I had bruises all over my body, but that Beanie Baby didn't move. Yeah. It didn't move. It was crazy. Everything else yeah. was thrown everywhere, and it was in the same spot. Like, whenever I had this bracelet that my friend Shannon bought me, um, and I still have it. It's broken, but I had it around my rearview mirror whenever I flipped my Jeep Grand Cherokee on 75. Somebody hit me from behind and flipped me three times, and I almost into all kinds of traffic. Yeah, and and I cracked the concrete with my head and the, the roof of my car, and that bracelet broke in half, but it was still fucking hanging. Like, my rearview mirror had come off, but it was still hanging from the wires. <laughs> Wow. After they flipped it back, yeah, no bullshit. And and my uh my um my my magnets uh for my suicide prevention magnets or whatever were mm-hmm. still on my car. And that's what I was, I told I told my friend I was like I need to go get the stuff out of my car. I need that bracelet. I need those magnets. And they were and and the magnet was actually on the car that hit me it was right beside my car at the at the impound. And that magnet was to, was flipped over on that on the car on the other car, and and she was like, "You mean something like this?" I was like, "No, that's it. Get it. <laughs> Let's wow. go." Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, but I knew Taylor was with me because that bracelet is like, um, it has the semicolon on it. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it says, but but uh, but I used to wear it every day, and uh, and then I put it around, and it kept turning because I was working at a restaurant, and and I was my hands were in the water, and and bleach and stuff all the time and I, and so it had was kind of messing it up so i hung it around the rearview mirror and uh and that's where it was and i still have it it's put up but yeah hell yeah it's it that it's shit that you can't explain like that like it's got to be god you know yeah that's well awesome. and like, like the time daniel flipped his dad's truck like let me just tell you when i say there was an outline of his body uh in the cab or or, or in the in the metal like the whole passenger side was flat and there was an outline of his head and his shoulders in the metal on the other side of this little truck that he flipped. Dang three you. Times. Yeah, yeah. Like, his dad was out of town. His dad was so pissed that he wrecked his truck or whatever. And I just told him, dude, you can't fucking talk shit because you're not here. There's, there's no reason why this kid is not dead. None. Like, he had, he got, like, four stitches total. Like, one at his eyelid, a couple at his elbow, one at his nose. And he's got, and his chin looks like a road, road rash scarred road rash or his nose or something on his face but that's it he didn't even break his weed pipe he was so happy he didn't even break his weed pipe in his pocket yeah All so, he was concerned about, huh? so, so once he, because he had his he was trying to get it told me to call his girlfriend tell her to bring it up there she couldn't find it she slipped down he's like oh it's in my pocket taylor didn't even let me break it because he's like you know mom you know taylor I told him, I said, there's no reason why you live through that. He was like, my sister had me. And I, he was like, she didn't break my weed pop. See, she does love me or something like that. To that effect. <laughs> and, and, and it was really crazy because I'm like, really, bitch? That's all. Really? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, You're I want to kill pop. you. <laughs> yeah. And then, then whenever his, him and his dad went the next day and looked at, um, looked at the truck, his dad hit his knees, you know, really upset. It was like, buddy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, cause it was, I mean, you could clearly see the outline of his head and his shoulders. Like, that's I mean, as clear as day. Yeah. That's my worst fear is like, uh, a big car wreck. Whenever I was 17, <coughs> one of my good friends from school, we had grown up together. She died in a crazy car wreck. That's one yeah. of my biggest fears. Well, you can just pray that if you do die in a car wreck, it, it, it's fast, you know? Instant. Yeah, instant. I don't want it to be dragged Like that, I can tell you that that's one main reason why I never actually, like I thought about suicide a lot, but I never actually attempted it 
because I was like, you know, I'm such a fuck up. I'm just going to do enough damage to be a burden on everybody. Yeah, be fucking brain dead or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fuck so royally that I'll still, my brain will still be functioning, but I'll be so fucked up physically that I'm going to have to have help the whole rest of my life. And everybody's <laughs> going to be like, you dumb bitch. You can't even fucking do nothing right. Like that was my whole mentality the whole time. That's why I never did it. Cause I was just so, I, I knew that that, that would fuck it up. Yeah. I just knew that that would fuck it up so bad that it would just make shit worse. You know, like, Jeez. like you'd yeah. be better off if you just left shit alone. Like why, or why, <laughs> why, you know? Yeah. I like, I can like, everything up and that, that I would just really fuck that up big time. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So, okay. So, so do you want to talk about the other elephant in the room or do you want to maybe wait and save that for another pit podcast? We can do another podcast where you can just talk about that. Yeah, out- we can, we can definitely do that. Adam, you know? Yeah. I feel that like, that, I, yeah, I really, I feel like, and I know that you don't want to be defined as that. And I don't blame you for that one bit, but I really know because I personally know like three or four transgender children or kids, children. I don't even know where that came from. My mom just talked through me just really fast. Just all of a sudden, everybody's a child. But wow. you know, I, I know I know about three or four different, and 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 I know that the ones that I know, their parents have been hella supportive, and I think that makes a big difference. But yeah. you know, like one of them I told you, I met in Safe P. Mm-hmm. And another one is a friend of mine's child, and then there's you, and there was one more, and I don't even remember who the other one is now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, so maybe there's only three. Um, but but I know that 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 the parental support and family support is is everything. But every single one of them have struggled with with you know just trying to figure out where they fit in, and I yeah. get, I so get that. Like I mean, I I struggled to fit in because I was. First, I was fat, and then I was not fat. I was built like a brick shit house at fucking thirteen. <laughs> yeah, and so and and everyone thought I was grown, and all these men always thought I was grown, and all these boys always thought I was grown. And so, like, you know, I I mean, I did a whole podcast about beauty being a curse, and uh, it's not. It, it really it. I think, and I think the point of that is, is that everyone has something in them that makes them that gives them. Mess, bad messages in their head that makes them struggle. So we all have something that we struggle with. It yeah. just may look different. Like my struggle may look different than your struggle, but it's still a struggle. Yeah. And if we figure out some way to, to, to bring all that together in unity and realize that we're not so different from each other, we should probably stop the hate crimes and stop the, the bullying and stop all the things that, that because really essentially all that shit is, is just basically I identify with something in you, but I hate that in myself. So exactly. I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna fuck you up because I can't do it to myself. And I hate that. Like That's, just own just own your shit. Like let's get get it out and get on with it, you know? Yeah, like let's be real. We're all adults. And that's what I hate. And and it sucks, but you know, for a lot of kids, uh damn, it's just one of those things, you know, like kids are horribly mean. Like Yeah, it, it, I guess it just it, helps build character. Yeah, well, and and everybody's just trying to fit in with the cool kids, and the cool kids don't have their shit together. They just, they just handle it better, you know. Losers, yeah. Yeah, everybody's fucked up. That's the whole thing. Is like we're all fucked up somehow. That's what it's so beautiful becoming like an adult and seeing, you know, like uh, some of the same kids, you know, that uh, I went to high school with. 
and they were the shit in high school, you know, uh, best at the sports or whatever, whatever yeah. they did. Uh, yeah. And they work together, and they're not shit, you know. They're, uh, they're still talking about how they set a track record in ninth grade. Yeah, like, yeah. You're working with 60-year-olds. No one gives a fuck. You know, it's, it's humbling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you peaked in high school, yeah. Yeah, like, shut the fuck up about it now, you know. Go good to work. It's Well, and, and I feel like that that's really just sad that that – that they really just kind of skated by on that. And, and that's just proof right there that, you know, that none of us know what the hell we're doing. None, especially in high school. God, if I could go back to high school, I, you know what? I would not go back to high school. I would not go back to high school. I wouldn't go back to middle school. I, I like where I like where I'm at right now because <laughs> everything else was so dark and desolate. Like, I feel like I feel like a teenager now in my in my sobriety. I feel like a teenager I feel like that 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 there's nothing that I can't accomplish. I mean, and I've never felt like that in my entire life ever. Yeah. Like I, I feel like you know, like, I, and I always talk about too on my podcast. I feel like Bambi with new, le- you know, a new trying to learn how to walk that first day. You know, just trying to get my sea legs and just, and it's beautiful. And you know, there's all my my woodland creatures cheering me on, and you know, it's just there's I don't so know, much, like outside of. Outside of like addiction and that yes. lifestyle, you know that you don't yes. ever even want to think about because you're so stuck in what you know. But right, once you kind of get out of your comfort, really, you have to go through some fucked up shit first. Like you have to know that's not yes. the lifestyle you want no more. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 it really has to just hit home with you, and and it, because like even if somebody somebody shows you how beautiful life could be outside of that until you, until you get tired of where you're at, it doesn't matter. Like, like, like like, I'll use Daniel as a prime example. He knows that I do it. You know, I mean, he, he's not really like, he's the, the bad part is, is that he's always been like me where we're comfortable anywhere we are. We will adapt to whatever our surroundings are because that's just what we do. And that's a good thing most of the time, but, but not whenever you're in a bad place, when you're in a bad place and you're comfortable there, that's, it's hard for you to come out of that because you know what? Fuck it. I mean, I'm good. You know, like it's not great, but it is what it is. Yeah. And that's where he, then that's kind of where he's at right now. And I can't, you know, and that's why I was telling him, you know, like whenever you're ready, I just, you know, just, just be careful in the meantime. That's all I'm asking, you know, keep trying to, 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 to move forward or do, you know, keep, try to keep some forward motion going at some point, you know, I've realized that, that it may be one step forward, two steps back, but at least the one step forward is a step forward, you know? Yeah. You saw something. You saw something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and he does, he does talk about, you know, he does want to get clean and I know that getting clean is scary. Um, I, I don't think I would have done it if the state of Texas wouldn't have forced me to, I can tell you that much. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I, wouldn't have walked out of a, a rehab a time or two but I mean I was really really lucky and blessed that the, the nine months I was there the program was pretty kick-ass I don't know if it's still that way and I don't know if it was that way before but I I got so much out of it and and I'm doing the work and I did the work then and I'm still trying to do the work and but I mean a lot of people just kind of see it as a hindrance and, you know, I just have to do this until I get off of probation and I'm going right back to the dope and that, you know, and that's all fine and good. I'm old enough now and I've done it for four decades to the point where I don't want like that person I was, fuck that bitch, you know, like, no, I'm, I'll yeah. beat her ass. If I could go back and beat her ass, I would beat her <laughs> ass every day. Like get your shit together. 
because this is not living. Like I wasn't living at all. Like this, and it was, and it, and I, yeah, yeah, and it was, and and I'm proud because it was steadily getting worse, and I let it get to the point. Like, okay, you, 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 you'll probably understand this, but every time that I've been stopped by the cops and I had dope on me, I've, I've prayed my way out of it, except yeah. for the three times that I was arrested. The three times I was arrested, I knew that I needed it, so I didn't pray it away. Does that make sense? Like, like every single time before that, I've been stopped a million times, and I've, yeah. and I've been able to get out of tickets because I prayed it away. But the three times that I went to jail, I... I I didn't pray it away because I know that I needed it. Now, granted, once it started happening, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Is it too late to change this? You know? Yeah, like, God, but, please, please let me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be crying and all that shit that I would always do. But, you know, once I, once I got to county this last time, and I just started writing to my judge, like, look, judge, I told you, well, you know, I needed help. I was trying to go to Nexus. I was trying to go to rehab and get help, but COVID hit and da-da-da-da-da. And I mean, I thought that he would maybe send me to Wilmer, but Wilmer apparently is a Dallas County thing. And really, I mean, honestly, if I could have walked away from Wilmer, I probably would have because I heard, you know, I don't know. I just heard bad things about it, but I heard bad things about safety also. But I'm telling you right now that, I mean, you know, because and maybe it was the difference was that I wanted to get better. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was time. I mean, the probably a lot of you. Go ahead. I was gonna say probably a lot of different variables, but you know. Yeah, what I learned in jail, like, um, you know, whenever I got out, I signed for ten years deferred probation, uh, and all them jailhouse lawyers were like, "Oh no, it's, oh that's yeah, gonna fuck you." The whole point, yeah. oh no, the whole point is to come. You're gonna be back here in six months. We promise you. No. it's because they didn't make it work for them. You know, uh, yeah, my PO is cool as shit. I love, I would go hang out with my PO, you know, and I never stress about going in there. Yeah. It's and isn't it a beautiful old. thing when you don't have to study for your UAs? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I had one today, and it was like, I just zipped in there. I mean, it took, like, all three minutes. I zipped in, I dropped a pee, and I, and I was like, all right, see you next time, later, you know. And it was yeah. it was fun. And, and, like, I had a home visit today. My PO is badass, too. He loves – he's good at his job. He takes care of his people. And, like, you know, and and, and I tell him all this stuff, that all these steps that I'm taking because I'm, I'm about to st- start studying to be a peer counselor. Uh-huh. to get certified to be a peer counselor. And, um, and, and, you know, and it's like, I feel like, you know, and I told him, I said, it feels like I'm tooting my own horn. He's like, hell, he was like, no, no, I think it's great what you're doing. And I said, but I feel like, you know, I'm the only person that can work this program. If I don't want it, who the hell else is going to, you know, like, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, and I, and I know that God has blessed me with so many miracles lately who knows what's next? You know, like, I'm just anxious to see, like, okay, this is so kick-ass, and then the next thing is even more badass, and then more badass, and I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with blessings. Like, I can't even, there's a whole bunch of shit that, that I don't talk about on here. Maybe me and you can talk later, but, yeah. I mean, like, there's just uh, so many things happening in my life right now that uh, my head is spinning. Like, it's so beautiful, and there's so much love, and there's so much promise of 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 my purpose like like my purpose is crystal clear and i can see how how it's how it's starting out right here with this podcast and i can know how it's going to get bigger i know i mean like i have the clarity god's told me all this stuff and i'm just like okay well let's do this shit but every step of the way like whenever i hit 50 listeners and i could monetize my my i could do ads which they haven't sent me anything for it yet but but i was watching that so that i could you know do that Uh then i watched and now I'm over 200 plays and I'm just, I mean, every, 
every time I hit a little milestone in my head, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, that's you me. Celebrate I'm, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Garland, Texas. I work in Dairy Queen, you know, like who the yeah. fuck am I? And I've got this little podcast going, and apparently, people, it's what people want to hear. That blows my mind. With it. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a script. I'm just so random. Like, I'm all over the place. There was one <laughs> segment I did of me just playing the drums because I just felt like playing the drums, you know? Like, who Hell does yeah. that? <laughs> hey, drums are, uh, that's what I always wanted to play in middle school. You know, the band I always wanted to play. Oh, I suck drums. at it. Oh, I suck at it bad. But I <laughs> drum therapy is good. Like, you just get your drum set and just beat them around. Like, yeah, you'll feel awesome. Have fun with it. Hell yeah. The key is to put headphones on so that you think in your mind you sound just like the radio sounds. <laughs> that's the secret? Yeah, that's the secret. Because in your head, you're fucking doing it. Yeah, you're like Getty Lee and fucking Tommy Lee or and Tommy Lee and just <laughs> pounding it out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. You're the best drummer on the planet, you know, like you're doing the damn shit. In real that's life... Yeah, in real life, every your neighbors would be like, "Who's getting the shit beat out of them?" Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's good though. But yeah. I mean, and I and I just do whatever I feel like doing. I talk about whatever I feel like talking about. And like this new series that I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm trying to decide if because you, we didn't really talk about any any suicidal things. So I think I'm just going to put yours on the regular podcast, okay. and not the suicide series. And 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 because I mean. I mean, I don't think that you were ever suicidal. I think that maybe you, like my my worst nightmare for you would have been death by cop, like that. That for real, yeah. like like I just pictured because you ran a lot. It seemed like and <laughs> and it seemed like you know, they were gonna gonna shoot you in the back one day and then that was gonna be it and it was gonna be a big thing. And I had this vision of us being on the news talking about how fucked up the cops were. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it was this whole thing. Like and I just prayed, God, please spare this kid. Because I know that he's de- destined for greatness. He's one of us. I mean, you know, like the story. Yeah, and the story that you have has got. It, I mean, it, it speaks volumes. Like in, in in such a short time period, you fucking lived all this shit. I mean, CPS, and, and now you know what I what I want to tell people is, your mom gave you up to CPS, but now you drive. She said you drive five hours one way to go visit her, and y'all are closer than ever. And I love that. Yes. Oh, I, I love, love that. Her. Yeah, and yes. I love my dad as well. My parents are like yes. number one in my life. Yes, and I love that too. And I'm so proud for that because, like, I mean, it, it's. It, I know that it's a really hard thing. It was really a hard thing for her to do that, but she didn't know what else to do to save you. And I think that probably some of that comes from you know, like maybe somebody else can get you the help you need if if you're in a different setting kind of yeah. thing. And yeah. and like and same thing for me with with with. Daniel is like, I, I, I know I'm his worst enabler, but he also knows how to work me, but I'm trying to set my boundaries with him. But sometimes I feel like maybe he just needs to experience this fucked up shit that, that life that he has chosen. Yep. But some other like- times, but some other times I can't do it because he's still my baby, you know, like it's really hard. Yeah. I f- everything that I've went through, you know, I have everyone who knows me, um, you know, I'm like one of the most loving people I can yes, be. No, I, I you absolutely. And you always have been, always have been. Yeah. I don't have no problems with nobody, but also, uh, I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. Just because yes. well, that's, know, the I, that's the liqueur yeah. in you. <laughs> um, 
yeah, cause no, no one is gonna fucking play me, you know, cause I've played right. hundreds of people, you know, yeah, yeah. doing from a mile away, yeah, uh, and so people, yeah, who am I to judge who decide, like, who am I to decide who deserves sympathy or not? But right, if I see someone going through something that I've been through, and you know, different cases, but. Uh, I don't really know. I don't feel sad. if someone is going through something that I went through, you know, and they're sitting there bitching about it. Yeah. Uh, but they have a way to genuinely have a way to make it better. And they just want to. And they don't. I, yeah. I like, yeah. Yes. I don't feel bad. I'm the same you. way. And if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Shut the fuck up. Sit the fuck down and figure, get your shit together or just don't bitch about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the same yeah. way. The same way. Well, and I, and I talked about also in one of my other podcasts, how I, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, at SAP, you know, about certain people, you know, you should be a, a, a substance abuse counselor, LCDC. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not trying to fucking, I don't give a fuck if I get paid for it or not. I ain't trying to listen to a bunch of whiny addicts like I was giving me lies and excuses and bullshit. No, I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. I would be like, I know my place for real. Yeah, I know my limitations, and I'm not gonna be good at that at all, <laughs> at yeah, all. No, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm better as, as being a peer counselor. You know, I'll root you on and cheer you on and give you resources and tell you how to help yourself. But once you get to the point where you're not going to, I'm usually skated on to the next person. You know, like yeah, yeah. You can you can guide a horse to water, but you can't make it journey. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's so true. But and I know I just remember how I was. And how full of shit, like I had a million excuses as to why I did this or that. And, and, and most of the time it wasn't uh, like, sometimes it would get to the point where, and I would tell people, look, if I'm doing this or this, you know, and I buried my kid, you got no fucking leg to stand on. Don't make me play that kid card. Cause I will play it. So don't yeah. sit here and tell me that your life is worse than mine. Whenever it's, it's not worse. It's just different, but I'm still fucking here. Yeah. So don't 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 come at me. Yeah, yeah, and everybody everybody's got a story. Everybody's going through it. So don't come at me with your dumb shit, thinking that I'm gonna. It's not that I won't be sympathetic or empathetic, but I'm gonna tell you right now that I'm not gonna wallow in that shit. Why are you? Yeah, yeah, and oh, oh, like a perfect example of that was like, uh, I was locked up in a county jail, but the county jail that I was in had just recently gotten a federal contract. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, they were still in the beginning of stages of uh, how are we going to house these federal inmates? And I was one of the first county inmates to get mixed in with the federal inmates. Uh, yeah. And, you know, whenever I first got in there, I didn't know the fucking difference. And they were like, are, are, are you fed? And I was like, no, I'm not fed. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't what does that I'm even fed. mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we're all federal. And I was like, fuck. Uh, like, are y'all murderers or what? <laughs> What'd y'all do? Yeah. And most of them was just like for like fucking uh conspiracy to distribute, uh, but you know something like eighteen years old looking at forty five years that's fucking humbling. You know I yes yes. Who am I to sit here and cry <laughs> about this little six months when I know I'm finna sign for probation and go home to my family? Yeah, that was and, me and, too. Yeah, we would have. Well, I, I say we would have, but I was county, but we, I, I was never fed, but I considered myself, you know, one of them. And I, was, yeah. I had the same mindset as them. You know, they kind of taught me how to act in jail. And yeah. The county. There's a big difference in them. Uh, and so some of these county people would come in just fucking bawling, you know, just losing their shit, you know. And these county people, are, <laughs> federal inmates are sitting here looking at them like, it's disrespectful at that point, you know, because these federal yeah. inmates are not going home. 
No. Uh, you know, <clears throat> no empathy, no sympathy for you. Yeah. That well, and they called they called Saint Pete a uh, uh, baby prison. They're like, they're like, you're not in real prison. You know, when you're leaving, you're in a program. You know. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lady that I that I met up with a few times going over to the dental part, <clears throat> and she um she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, naive as hell, at like twenty one, and she was looking at forty. She had gotten forty five years, and she'd already been there for like twenty. Well, and it, yeah, no, no, at, at the prison part. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, she was at the prison part, but like we would all meet up at the main unit because that's where the dentist was. But and and you know and she just was like I mean I talked to her all the time and I was like I mean I'm not even you know I cry about my little dumb shit and I cried you know going to jail but mostly it was just because part of it was a relief but part of it was just like nobody likes to be locked up where you can't move around yeah like that and and so you know as a girl you're gonna cry because I mean I cry about everything I'm a crybaby that's just what I do you know like like I mean I was already a crybaby losing my kid and all my family that I've lost didn't help shit so I'm just I'm just a a crybaby I mean I cry and get my shit out and then I move on but um, but you know it would I would always go back and talk about in in group and in peer support and stuff it's like why are you bitching you you know about when you're leaving. You know that you're going to be here nine months unless you fuck up and get an extra month extension. But you know ahead of time, it's just that month. You're still yeah. going home. These motherfuckers don't get up for going for parole, but every two years. And and, and anything, you know, it, it could be anything that set, that makes it set off for another two years. They don't ever fucking know. But either way, they're, they're, they're doing decades at least, you know, like, so, I mean, this little nine month program, like we all were bitching cause we were told six months and it ended up being nine months. So three months more, I was only bitching because I didn't have any of my financial shit set up for nine months. I had it set up yeah. for six months. That's the only thing I was worried about. But the last three months I was there, I learned more than the first six months I was there. You know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes that always happens. That always happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and I would always go back over there and like, you know, like, like, look, let's put your put your life into perspective. Like, you can sit here and bellyache about this or that. There's always going to be somebody that's better off than you and worse off than you. Yeah. It can always get worse, but it can always get better, too. That's going to be on you. Like, what you do with your time here is going to dictate how the rest of your life goes, probably, you know? So you're not going to get another opportunity like this. Like you have to look at it as an opportunity because guess what? You're not across the street in prison and you probably should be, you know? Mm -hmm. So. And what's crazy is most people, not most people, but a lot of people go to safe P turn around and go right back to yes, go yes. Back the county and end up in prison. But Yes. Well, and here's the really funny part was that prison now, whenever I was there, uh, they, whenever you get paroled, that your answer to parole before you can go home is you've got to go through the safety program anyways. Uh, <laughs> yes, damn. yes, yes. You have to go through the whole program anyways. And so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you might as well just get your shit right the first time and call it done, you know? Yeah, pull chain once. Don't keep on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's... I, I'm I'm thankful for the the experience, but I don't like I'm not trying to let that define me. I only the only part I want to define me is the recovery, you know, and and what I did with my life after that. Like, if I didn't take that opportunity and just make it 100 percent my own and do what God has intended me to do, then then I mean, what is what was any of it for? You know, like yeah, 
you know, most of my time locked up, I spent most of my time segged. Just of course, I showed my ass. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I spent most of my time segged, and I just got. I feel like I got really, really close to God. And yeah, yeah. But my mind always came back to was just like love, like. Yeah, you have to uh, come from a place of love. I say that all the time. Like, there's a someone that I know that's going through some stuff, and 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 I tell that person all the time, like, look, you have to deal with these people at, from a place of love, even though they're trying to come at you and do some really messed up things to you. You you know, they they served a purpose in your life at one point in time, and it's and it was beautiful and meaningful, and it and it should not be discounted at all because it was you know the product product of that was was children in your life and all this and all that. And, but you, you've got to, you have to learn how to forgive that and you have to learn how to move past that, but you got to do it from a place of love. If you, as long as you always go with people from love, you know, that that's, that's God's love. Then, then you're, you know, then you're not going to, it's not going to go sour. It's not going to go wrong, you know? And, and, uh -huh. and I don't always pull that off by any means, but I try to, you know, that's just my whole thing right now is just, why can't we just love each other? Like where everybody just needs to slow down. And, and when somebody asks me about my day, like I really tell them about my day. If I yeah. ask you your day, I really want to know what the hell you did today. You know, like yeah. I'm not just doing it passing like, Hey, Hey, what's up? But you know, I really want to talk to you. So, I mean, and people look at you crazy. Like I talked to, you know, I'm, I've never known a stranger. I talk to people everywhere. Like what difference does it make? You know, what, something you say, like, okay, so I'll give you a good example. I'm very complimentary. I don't care if I see you and I don't know you, but I think that the color of shirt you're wearing makes your eyes look amazing. I'm going to tell you that. You know why? Because it's true. And because one little compliment like that could turn your whole day around, you know? Yeah, that's the best I, kind of person. You know, that yeah, makes everyone's day. Yeah, people on the streets, and, 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 and I've been with boyfriends in the past that have been like, why are you talking to that guy? I wasn't talking to him. I was complimenting his shirt. There's a difference. It doesn't matter if that he's got a dick or not. I'm complimenting his shirt because that's just a nice thing to do. Everybody likes compliments. No yeah. one's ever going to go, fuck you, don't look in my eyes, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, no one is, no is going to think anything bad. That's the, uh, that's the nice that we need in the world, you know, just yeah. little shit. It starts with the well, little it, shit. It really does. And, and like, I, I, okay, so I'm a friends nerd. That's like my, that's like my shit. Like, I, I love friends. And, and I know that there's one episode where Rachel's talking about that she wanted to tell Ross she loved him. And even though he was about to get married and, and it just always stuck with me because she's like, everyone loves to hear I love you. No one's going to, no one's ever going to complain that because somebody told them that they loved them, you know? And so like that, that always sticks with me. Like, you know, you, if you come from a place of love, I mean, it's, it's not good. It's always going to be beautiful. It's always going to be beautiful. Yeah. And you know, you and, reap what you sow, you know? Yes. Yes. That's yes. That was the one thing that you, God put a lot on my heart whenever I was locked up. But what some what what always came back to me, or what I always came back to, was love. Like that was the message I got. Yes. And, and I, you know, I spent my whole life, you know, not really like being a fucking hater or anything, but like. Well, you weren't comfortable in your own skin, so if you didn't love yourself, how was you gonna love anybody else? Yeah, I was definitely rough around the edges, especially yeah. others. Uh. But and, you always had love in your heart. You always yeah. had love in your heart. And whenever I got out, I just felt like my whole purpose was just like go show everyone as much love as you possibly can. And right. still, to this day, I'm 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 still doing it. But I catch myself like I'll be leaving work and all my coworkers will be standing with me, and I'll be like, "All right, I love you guys." Not even thinking, you know, just because like 
I literally everyone I meet, I I love them like yes, I love them like they're like my brother or sister, and it's I don't I've never felt like that before, but this this past year and a half has been amazing. Like, well, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. You needed that so, and I knew, I knew, I knew once you got. Once you got comfortable in your own skin that you were going to do great things. And I'm just, just looking forward to watching your amazing journey. Because I know this is just the beginning for you. I know it is. Yes. Because you've always been such a lover. I mean, such a lover. Like, always. I mean, and that's what I told your mom. I'm like, you know, it's it's just a matter of getting getting the insides to match the outsides. And I get that. But the heart is always there, you know, and like, like my favorite, my favorite Bible verse is, or I don't even, not the verse, it's the the chapter, first Corinthians 13, you know, the one that talks about love, everyone loves that, but I read it at Taylor's funeral and. You there? Hey, you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Okay. But it's first Corinthians 13 and, and it always has to come from love. And, you know, and if the love flows through you, that's God's love because it's unconditional and it doesn't matter what you do in your life at all. He's never going to not love you. Yeah. And, and that's a really hard thing for some people to understand because they don't love themselves. Yeah. So, you know, that's just, that's just the, it's, it doesn't kill. I mean, it doesn't hurt to be kind to people. Like, you know, you might, someone may be really struggling. They may be on the verge of suicide and you may change their whole mind just in that one, one day, you know? Yeah. You may be the only person who's been nice to them. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I've had people say that to me at like strangers at, at, at in Walmart or out on the streets is like, you know, you were the only person that even recognized me today. Or even saw me. I feel like I've been, you know, I've, I've never feel seen or heard, but today I did. And I mean, and that's just like, it's so sad to me. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I will always come from a place of love. Always. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It's, it's, I feel like that's God's, God's work. You know, whenever it comes down to it, you know, like, forget yeah, about it's, all like the. It's the, always about the love. Yes. Shit. Yeah. Forget about it's. What did God put us here to do? Like, yes. at the end of the day, you know, we're making medicine and all this great shit. But really, like, as humans, like, we should just be <laughs> working together as brothers and sisters and, yeah. and God, you know? Yeah. And I was just reading a scripture the other day, and it's talking about, uh, you know, God wants us, you know, he made a, a people, all these people, because we're supposed to be social, but we're not supposed to talk, stop talking to each other. Just because we can text or tweet or Facebook, you know, we're still supposed to interact physically, you know, you personally. Well, we need human touch. I mean, that's yeah. and if, if COVID taught us one thing for sure, it's that you know, like we uh, need to be, we need to be able to touch somebody and hug them and 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 put your hand on your shoulder, like, are you okay? Or you know, just kid around, yeah. you know. Like, I mean, we just need the we need the human contact. We absolutely do as as a people, you know. Yeah. Everything got so ridiculous with COVID. Yeah, I was in prison for it, so <laughs> I don't know. I remember, yeah, because you know, like right, right before both of us ended up getting locked up, especially like in June, it was still kind of like a. For some reason, it was a big deal, but I do not remember it being as big as it was whenever I got out of jail. Like it completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It blew well, my I, mind. I think because I think the initial shock had worn off by that point, and. 
and they, they they were trying to put everything into place and try to figure out, you know, like everything had been kind of figured out, like everybody's got to just stay home. And that's just what that is. Don't fucking don't don't move around. And they were trying to get the vaccines going and all this and all that. I don't I don't really yeah. know. But um, I know that we had to wear masks the whole time that I was locked up and, uh, no and yeah, and I even got the vac. We they told us if we got like seventy percent of vaccinations on the whole unit, which was five satellites or six, that we could stop wearing masks. That never happened in my tenure there. So like, I was just happy to come home and take that mask off. <laughs> man, that shit. Not man at the job that I was in. Not even the fucking guards wore masks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had COVID go through the whole trustee pod. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, yeah. when the, they they did random tests on us all the time too, so I mean, like, but like really? you can lock down, yeah, but you can lock down a whole dorm just by saying that you had COVID symptoms, and they would shut it down until they could test everybody. Then they would monitor us for two weeks, and we would be locked down, couldn't work, couldn't leave the dorm. They'd have to bring us food. And, yeah, it sucked. We would get pissed <laughs> off. And then if you were scheduled to leave, you couldn't leave until you came off quarantine. Damn. Yeah. 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 They didn't that. play. They I didn't play. I'm glad that I'm glad Hopkins County acted like it didn't even exist then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Better than dealing with that bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, it was running rampant through the guards. So yeah, it was crazy. The guards yeah. were the ones bringing it into us, but yeah, we were the ones that had to suffer. Well, yeah, you know, the inmates had no way of bringing it in. <laughs> where, where are we going? Exactly. Yeah, we ain't going nowhere. So, all right. Well, Adam, I really appreciate you talking with me. But, yeah, I feel like we need to do a whole nother, a whole nother podcast um, sure. just talking sure. about your journey. Just whenever you're ready. I don't want to pressure you. You know that. You know I love you. And I'm yeah. just so – I'm so one thing, I'm so proud that you made it and you're not dead. And two, I'm just so proud that, that you're doing so well because I knew that you had it in you. And I knew that once you just, once you got your head right and aligned with your heart that, you know, everything else would fall into place. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm glad to see you're doing good as well. I really Thank you. Yeah, it's a long road, but uh, man, it's, it was so worth it. So worth it. I agree with yeah. you completely. And I love you and I'm just, I couldn't be prouder of you no matter what. I no matter what too. happens from this day forward, you know you're always gonna be one of my one of my peoples. You know. Yes, ma'am. Hey, and I appreciate oh. letting me come on here, and I would definitely I look forward to doing another episode. Oh, with my, it was my honor. It was my honor, sir. <laughs> right. Hey, I appreciate it. You have a good one. All right, I love you. All right, I love you too. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye.